We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is Jeff, joined by Chief and Brother Jared. We are here for episode number 49, and we have a special guest with us for the first time. And we are excited to unpack everything that's involved trail running, another Leadville finisher, and let's kick it off. I'm, I'm just glad to have Brad. He's like the most famous runner I've ever met. All, all over Leadville. I didn't even tell you this before we started recording because I wanted to be candid. I'm like running over Leadville and like, oh, oh yeah, you guys are boundless? Yeah, yeah. You know Brad? I'm like, well, Stalman? He's like, yeah. Well, actually, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Brad. I'm, where do you live? Like, go Colorado and like Oregon. And I'm like, dude, who nice. doesn't know Brad? Nice. Holy cow. Yeah, no, no doubt. If I said I was from Oklahoma to anybody, they all ask me if I knew you, Brad. So we've got so many of us. I know, right? So many runners from Oklahoma. We've got Brad Stallman here. Um, As Jeff mentioned, Brad is a recent Leadville 100 buckle earning finisher. Congratulations, man! Um, I know we're going to have a lot of questions for you, both Leadville and non-Leadville. So we're happy to have you here. Cool. Thanks. I'd like for you just to kind of start, like, what's your background? How'd you get running? What's some races that you've done prior to doing a Leadville? Cool. So, um, so my story kind of backed way up. I grew up heavy, husky, otherwise overweight. Um, didn't really, uh, <laughs> didn't really look like a runner for husky. a long time. Light way to say it. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, kind of done a little bit up and down somewhere around 2006. Um, like I was 280. My uh, body metrics were off, like my triglycerides were off the charts and all kinds of things. And I had my first daughter and I can't chase her around the yard. I mean, you can, but it's not, you know, you're not, not well yeah. enough. I'm like, How old were you at this time? About 26. Okay. Golly. Yeah. Wow. So I was uh, just not in the right shape to be in. Was it just bad diet or was it just no, it was no just workout? Always, it, no workout, no okay. bad diet, the whole bit. Yeah. Just you, you kind of runs in the family and you and you just uh you just keep going and and i was like hey this isn't gonna work like i this is i don't want to be 60 or 70 and, and and not hear from my kids right and uh and so i decided to start doing something different and i and so i used to lift i love to lift um i would bench a lot you know 400 plus and all kinds of stuff but i just i was horribly out of shape too at the same time and so i banned myself from the gym said i was going to go run. Um, that was all I was going to do. I had to be outside. I couldn't even go in the gym because, because I'm kind of low OC too. And I knew what I would start doing. So I started going outside and started making little diet changes, said, Hey, I'll eat a little bit, eat a little bit less, went to smaller plates, did all this little different things, trying to change, you know, just trying to make differences and stuff. Uh, 2008, 2007, 2008, uh, meet a guy named Daryl Smith. He's about this big and about that big, like little bitty guy. And he had run every Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. 
and uh, to date, and he's like, you could run a marathon. And at this point, I think I'd run a 5K maybe, you know, and it was kind of a jog kind of thing. And, and I'm like, you're nuts. And, uh, and he just kept after me, kept after me, whatever. So he finally convinces me. He's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to run the memorial in 2009. You're going to run it. And I'm like, all the, right. The full marathon. The full marathon. So this is, you know, a year out, not even quite a year out. And he's like, you can, you can do this. You can run the marathon. All right, I, I'll, I'll try. Wait, so, let me, let yeah. me, what do you think he was seeing or he was thinking about you that said, because look, we all get lost in this because we think, yeah, we can run a full marathon. And when you get mixed in with guys or gals who run long distances, honestly, some of these things that are really, really abnormal become part of everyday conversations, mm-hmm. right? You, you've experienced this. I mean, obviously you're a multiple time hundred miler. You know, so you know, but what do you think he was seeing at the time where he said, you know what, you can do a marathon? So, so I think it was, and I don't know that I've got an answer to that question, but I think it was more like he knew I was young and out of shape and I needed some, you know, I was trying to do some things and he knew that that was a way to push kind of my OC to, you know, go accomplish something. And he, and I think he knew looking, you know, looking forward that to make that accomplishment, would be kind of a catalyst, I think. Yeah. Is, is is that's the best yeah. I can. And maybe you needed it. something out there, yeah. right? You needed yeah. a target to aim at um, that would sort of focus you and direct you, right? Right? Because yeah. that's, I mean, I think a lot of us go through. Um, we we want to make some changes, and then you don't set any targets, yeah. and you think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna start working out, and you have no goals around any of those things, and so what happens is it works for. A week or less, yep. And then you sort of kind of find yourself losing your way. Yep, yep. yep. So I still remember the first time we showed up to run. Uh, he was going to meet me. He wanted me to meet him to run. Me and one of the guys. We go show up, and we we're supposed to start at six o'clock. And we were going to go some crazy distance, like five miles. You know, something way out there. And I'm like, I've never even done this, but we'll be there. <laughs> and so I show up, and uh, it's it's carb load the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Got to get all ready for this. So you're standing there. It's five o'clock in the morning. Me and this other guy, we're standing there stretching and we're like, it's six. Where's Daryl? Like, he's always very punctual. Like, it's six o'clock. Did we miss something? And this figure comes running up out of the dark and you're like, are we late? And he's like, oh, I just had to get in some extra miles before we got started, you know, for miles for the day. And I'm like, oh, crap. What have I gotten myself into? You know, sort of thing. And so Chief still does this yes. to us to this day. If we're going to meet Chief for a run, uh-huh. we're like, we're going to meet out at Draper. We're going to do 13. Yeah. Like, sounds great. We'll meet at the Marina at six. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Chief rolls up and he's already done 10. Yeah. He's like, okay. I'm like, is this, you didn't think we could do it? Or? Yeah. So, so he did that. He was so much faster than me at the time. Like, if, if, and the other guy that was with me, he was a little bit faster. As long as I could keep him inside, I was okay. If they ever got away from me, you know, it was kind of rough. But, uh, and then he would run beside, if it was just the two of us, he would run beside me and he would triple time it on his toes. And I'm not joking. Like he'd run on his toes and he was doing this little triple time thing right beside me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I got to keep my heart rate up. This guy I'm sounds like, like the worst buddy runner. Oh, he's absolutely horrible. I, I, I love him to death. He's you're so slow. I'm, I'm going to triple not, my steps. I'm not joking. Because you're so slow. Yeah. I'm in yeah. such good shape. That's right. Hey, by the so, way, if you're looking for a pacer, this ain't the guy. This is not the guy. 
<laughs> so, so, if, so it's this whole thing, like, if I could reach out and touch you right now, you know, I would strangle you, right? Sort of thing. This is what's going through your head, but I can't breathe, and I'm, and I'm just trying to keep moving, so, you know, do my thing. So so we'd run. He, he gets me through, like, a 5K and a 10K race, and then we do a half marathon in Tulsa, and, and, uh, and then uh, Christmas break or the winter break, he slips on the ice, and he breaks some little bone in his low leg foot. I don't remember what it was, but he ends up in a boot. Doctor puts him in a boot, and he's in a boot from the knee down or whatever. And so, like, I was looking for him to take me through the, you know, 16s and the 18s and the 20s and all this sort of thing leading up to the marathon, and all of a sudden he can't run. And I'm like, crap, you know, what am I going to do? So he just keeps after me. You can do this. So I end up doing all my long runs basically by myself, you know, a couple times with some different people, but basically all by myself. And so, so he sets, he gets on, he's so obsessive. Like he gets on a stationary bike in his house and I, he probably rode 1500 miles between January and the Memorial. The week before the Memorial, he takes his boot off, doesn't ask his doctor, just takes his boot off, runs a 5k, says, I'll be fine. Runs the Memorial with me, right? So he runs the Memorial with me step by step, step for step, right beside me. All the way from the start, all the way to the finish. No triple time. No triple time. Okay. Just right there with me. You should have pushed him down. <laughs> like, right boy, at the end. Boy, boy a boo is a bad choice. <laughs> so uh, definitely uh, endears you to somebody. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we joke about it and it's funny. and It is. But at the same time, you're like, you know, that he's got a special place, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, sure, sure. And, yeah, and I'm so, pretty committed not only to what he wants to accomplish, but also to helping you accomplish right. something that maybe you weren't even thinking about when you started. That's right. That's right. So how, what, what was that process building up from that kind of first five-mile run? You talked about some other 10Ks and, and half marathons, and you breeze through those because, yeah. you know, um, it's all relative, right? Right. But, well, how long did that process take for you to build up to that first marathon? So I think the first 10K was probably June or July, and then the memorials in April, at the end of April. Okay. So that's so kind a, of the a, a super so fast buildup. Pretty yeah. much a year. Pretty much a year from the time I first started running. That first race, I think, was in June or July, but then it was it was pretty close to a year. Probably uh, it's probably pretty close to right after the memorial when he started running with me. Maybe not a little bit before. I don't know. It's been so long. I don't remember now. Yeah, five k to a marathon in a year. Uh, yeah. That's that's a pretty solid. That's a that's a an ambitious goal, and also uh, speaks a lot to commitment to continue to train. Right. And well, that's what I was going to say. Don't give him an easy out because I'm going to ask him a hard question. <laughs> we're we're early, but this is a hard question. So, <clears throat> you told us why you kind of initially said, "Okay, this doesn't work for me," mm-hmm. but a lot of people say, "Okay, my current condition." status doesn't work for me i want to change things and then you figure out like changing it's kind of hard mm-hmm. right i mean you got to show up you got to do these workouts what do you think it was that sort of kept you showing up what where did you find kind of that extra um drive yeah so so there's a couple of things um a couple of points in time a couple of points in my mind there's a point in my mind prior to working with daryl I remember uh, being on a run. Have you ever heard the expression, you were driving so fast that the telephone poles look like a white picket fence? Mm-hmm. You've heard that expression? I had that sensation with grass. Not joking. Like, I was, like, running along, and I looked to the side, and, like, the, the grass was kind of blurry. And I'm like, I'm actually moving. Like, I'm not just walking. I can't see the blades. Like, it was, there was a little bit of blur. So that, that was a good positive thing for me, like a motivational point. 
um, I think that, like I said, my family, you know, those sorts of things. But uh, and I think we also talked earlier about goals, goal setting, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and then I think the other thing for me, for me is faith too. Um, and so one of those aspects of faith is, you know, you go back and read the Old Testament and God talks about, uh, or the Bible talks about the temple uh, that was built in the Old Testament. And twice it's meant, it's discussed in excruciating detail, this many ounces of this, this many ounces of that, whatever. And then, you know, if you, if you follow that faith story into the New Testament, God says our body's the temple of God. And so it, it kind of struck me that like, hey, God put that much detail into that structure. And yet this is the temple of God today. And, and yet look at how I'm treating it. And I'm like, I got to do something different. Like, I, I'm never going to be perfect, but, I, but this is a horrible way to treat my body. And so that, that's kind of always been a foundational thing for me that, that kind of lays underneath that. And so I don't, I don't know that there's another answer, but those are the things that I would contribute to, to why. How, how much did um, the process change how you were able to interact with your family, you know, play and keep up with kids, that right. kind of thing? Because that's one of the big motivating factors as you reach kind of you know, this is the stage of my life where I, I want to do big things like run and, and work out and I want to take care of myself, but I've also got this family pulling and I know that, hey, I can't keep up with them now. But as you start to train, you've I assume you've got to be feeling, hey, I've, I've got more here. This is great. And so that kind of helps motivate. Right. Um, at, what, at what stage did you think, I'm going to keep after this? Yeah, so... Well, I think there's two answers to that question. There's the, you know, you, by no means a perfect dad, uh, by no means a perfect husband, but but I feel like I show up better when I'm healthy, when I'm active, when I'm busy, you know, when I'm doing those sorts of things. And so there's a give and take, right? It takes time, um, but at the same time, I feel like when I do show up, I show up in a better state. Um, and so... Because you, you live both sides of that, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. live the side of it where you weren't in shape. You weren't as active, and then now you see the other side. You can say, hey, my reward for doing so much of this work is, hey, look at the product I provide now. Right. Is that kind of yeah. what you say? Yeah, I think so. Wow, that was like really cold. Look at the product <laughs> I provide now to Just you. Not to you, my Probably. wife, and <laughs> you on Amazon now. How great is this product? <laughs> Everybody prepare yourself. The product is right. <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, what you're saying, I think, um, makes a lot of sense and is something that, um, I think all of us have felt to, you know, some extent where um, it's like, you know, it's it sort of superficially you think I go out and I run 10 miles on Saturday morning. After that, I'm going to be crap the rest of the day. I'm not going to show up for my family. I'm going to be tired. And, and, and you find out that it's the exact opposite. You get home from that and you've got more energy and you've got more clarity of mind and you've got more kind of presence and there's like a sense of satisfaction that allows you I think to be in the moment more right I mean it's sort of once the you know the once the haze in the barn you can kind of be in the moment and say now I'm here and now I'm present um I, I always feel better like hey I got out and I got this goal done early I got up early before everybody else got something on a Saturday where I didn't need to be up to run and I got my run done and now I get to spend the day with you guys it's kind of a win-win. I think you're getting that, that high from running and in mm-hmm. a good run, and then you're getting to hang out with the family, do some yard work, or whatever your day has in store for you. When it was, Brad, when you were kind of just starting running, I mean, I know a lot of people have felt this. I feel this 
basically once a season because I tend to build up to a race, do a race, and then I take two months off and lose all of the fitness I had um, and then start from a worse place. Um, and those first like few weeks and months are a struggle, right? I mean, they're not, you, you don't go out, once you get fit, you can go out and have a really nice hour run. And the whole hour, you feel great and you feel strong and you kind of get some semblance of what people describe as a runner's high. When you first start training, there ain't no runner's high, <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, it, it sucks. Yep. Um, did, did you kind of, how long was it before you had kind of a run? And maybe you never did, but did you ever have a run where you felt like it clicked and you were like, hey, I know what I'm doing now? Um, yeah, I think it, I think I've had the similar experience that you talked about many times over. So I, I mentioned finishing that marathon. And, you know, you finish that and you're like, well, that was cool. <laughs> Probably never doing that again, but that was cool. You know, and then it I'm was, done. Yeah, we'll the, never sign up again. Kind of, that was kind of the sounds last like one. another podcast I heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to do that again. But, you know, I don't know where I heard that one. Somebody, I don't know, Rogan or somebody. I don't know who it was. But anyway, they were like, you know, and so I finished it and I was like, that was interesting. And then it was probably at about a month to two months where I was like, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed that. Like it, it, it was it was back there now, and it and it hurt back then, but it now it felt pretty good. You finish something, you accomplish something, you know, relatively big, and you go, well, that that was really fun. And so, I think it was probably a month, maybe two months, where I'm like, you know, I think I could do that again. Uh, and then it was probably four or five months before I'm like, yeah, I think I'll sign up next year and do it again and, and keep running. So, but I, I think you go through that a lot, um, and it comes back to goals, right? What are your what are your next things? What's the next thing you're going to go do? And keeping that going because if you don't, you do you you slide back off. Yeah, you really do. And I mean, I that's the one thing. You know, I talk to a lot of people um, who don't run at all, and I feel like I can relate to them really easy because I'm like, I'm not a runner. I hate running, but I'm I'm with you. Um, but it's I I always wonder how I can impress on them that like if you just last through the first thirty days, mm -hmm. you'll go out for a run one morning. Yeah. And you'll go, wow, that was enjoyable. Well, that was great. Well, and even if, even if you don't enjoy the run in the instant, a lot of times you enjoy it, like you said, later on. Right. Right. Later in the afternoon, you're like, man, I feel really good. Yeah. Well, that was pretty cool. Like I did something I didn't think I could do. And um, I, I think another thing for me is is that it's become beyond just the races as that motivational thing. Uh, so I like keeping myself in condition so that if I like if I travel for work or whatever. One of the first things I do when everybody else is like, where are the restaurants? I'm like, where are the trails? Like I'm looking up in advance, where are the trails? And, I, and I've almost made it like a pact with myself that every time I travel, I'm taking running shoes and I'm going to go run somewhere at least one time. Even if I'm going overnight, I'm going to find some, even if it's run around the hotel. And, and, and so obviously running around the hotel is not that much fun, but, but I have found so many cool trails and been in different places that nobody, you know, that not many people do. Uh, and so to be able to get that opportunity um, yeah, is pretty cool. So a couple of examples, a little fast forward here. I've run Berlin, uh, the Berlin Marathon, when Kipchoge set the world record. Yeah. I was there. You know, there's about 40,000 other people between me and him. <laughs> um, but but I was there. But I had him in the first I had, I had, <laughs> half a mile. No, not even that. I had him finish the corral, and he was past the 5K mark. I was watching him on the Jumbotron yeah. passing the 5K mark, and I'm like, oh, that's really fast. <laughs> Um, 
uh, I've run in Jerusalem. I've run along the Dead Sea. I've got to run in the Jerusalem Marathon. Uh, and so those are just, but you don't, those are the kinds of things that don't happen unless you, in my mind, unless I have the fitness. You know, if you don't have yeah. that baseline, you don't jump in. So that's kind of fast forwarding, but yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I found myself taking more family vacations because we're going to go do something. Like we're mm-hmm. going to go on a race. We're going to go on a training run. Like been to Leadville with the family this year. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for running right. or running with you guys or whatever the case is. So you find yourself like you kind of venturing out, finding things mm-hmm. to kind of correlate with your running. Sure. That's a good right? hack, I think, is when you're traveling is to like look up because I do that. You you described me when I'm traveling somewhere. I look up and I read no less than 10 articles on where I have to eat when I travel to this town. Um, and I, I, that's a good hack to kind of look up. What can I do you know, just to get a run in, even if it's not a big one? And it's one of the best ways to sightsee any place you've mm-hmm. never been. Um, you know, because honestly, if you travel to any place and you say, I'm going to do a six mile run, you can see almost anything. Especially if you're downtown, river, or whatever. Yeah. My favorite's the Strava heat map. If you open Strava, there's a heat map. and It'll tell you the most popular areas to run in that town. And I'm like, well, I always go run there. Because I'm like, well, I figure it's got to be pretty decent if yeah. everybody's running there. So I've never even down. heard of that. Yeah, just she, now. Hack. <laughs> Put in your hack book. No, I mean Strava. I've never oh. heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> you so, guys, um, I think you guys are all kind of speaking to the point that you made earlier and that is when i'm when i'm doing this when i'm when i'm chasing a goal when i'm pushing myself i show up better in my daily life and basically we're talking about hacks to keep yourself showing up better in your daily life mm-hmm. and i i totally agree with you know travel and find a trail like it it adds a whole different element to this is part of who i am now um, what I'm interested in is at what point did it transition from marathon to beyond? Yeah. Like, at, what was the decision that said, you know what, I've, I've come a long ways, 5K to marathon, right? Mm-hmm. How am I going to go past marathon? And what, what was the decision behind that and how did that get started? So um, for me, um, live in Oklahoma, not a lot of runners, not a lot of distance runners, not a lot of trail runners, you know, that's, it's kind of the world we live in. Uh, and so I would, I would get like runner's world magazine. I used to get runner's times, you know, those sorts of things. And, and I would, and I would get those magazines cause I was like, I've just wanted to learn, right. I wanted to gain as, as I kind of started into probably my second marathon and, and beyond, like I want to, I want to know more about this. And so I was using that as sort of my vehicle to, to learn, um, and uh, an interesting point that you didn't ask, one of the things in runner's times that was interesting because runner's times used to be about kind of the elite stuff. It was all like, here's the top 10 and how they competed and all this kind of stuff. And at first it was like, that's really demotivating to me because I'm not in the top 10. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but what I started to find interesting was is later in there, they would have these um, sections on master's runners. So the people that were winning their age groups in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. And one of the things, totally unscientific, but one of the things that I observed was is those people usually weren't track stars, high school track stars. They were people who were 40 or 50 or 30 or 40 or 50 who decided to start running because they wanted to be different. And then they were doing so well in their, in their later years. And so that was a motivational point for me. Like, hey, I don't, I don't have to have been a track star to be okay that now. 
Um, so so anyway, I would build into that. That's a great point. If you assume you're going to live that long, I see the reasoning. Right. And, and assuming you're like the rest of us and you're not very fast. That's a great point. Yes. Like see, I, two great we, points right there. If we had to be a track star to do this, I mean, I, I would be in big trouble. Fair. We'd probably all be. Well, he looks like he might have been kind of fast. No, 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 no. <laughs> Chief's fooling you. <laughs> Jared will tell you the truth. Every I'll time. tell you the truth. He's slow and steady. That's what I would say. Slow and steady. Emphasis on the slow. <laughs> but but yeah. he does have a buckle. But he does have a buckle. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't from being from, fast. From Montana <laughs> Silversmiths. I think he, he ordered it out of one of those magazines. <laughs> Next to the gun you can buy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? nice. Nice. So, well, so, yeah, uh, go, go so ahead, I was, yeah. was going to, you know, basically back to your question. Yeah. Right? So it was probably, I think it was 2011 or so when I first started going to heat. I think I'd like to do some trails. I've gotten out a little bit and done some trail stuff. I thought that'd be fun. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jeff, uh, he, he lived in Virginia. We had moved back. We had lived in Virginia for a year. We'd come back. And, and so there was this uh, Belmonte 50K. It's in the Appalachians, kind of Charlottesville area. And we're like, this would be fun. Um, and so he and I signed up, a couple of other friends, a uh, buddy of mine named Justin, who was here uh, in the Air Force. He's not here now, but he was here at the time. And so we, uh, no, I'm sorry, Justin didn't run that one. So we, we go run this 50K, uh, finish it. Uh, Jeff ended up having to drop. I finished the race. And it was it was like man this is cool like it, this it was, is your first time over a marathon yes yeah. first time over a marathon right. you know thirty one miles fifty k thirty one miles you know we went and ran it I finished it I'm so like, sorry did you my buddy didn't it? make did it you, like, <laughs> yeah I know like I mean give us right. some right, detail so you some like story. You, some story. you went right. from a marathon which by the way it's a huge difference <laughs> people that have done marathons um, a lot of them will think the increase to a fifty k is outrageous. I can't even. I imagine. thought that in the beginning, right? It, yeah. And and it's it's not that much further, to be no. honest. Um, but so tell yeah. us kind of your so, transition so from was, marathon. To 50. I think I was about four marathons in. Uh, I'm somewhere in the three forty-five to you know four four ten range, just depending on race day, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, and so I decided to do this fifty k. It's in the mountains. It's trail the whole bit. So you. You know, from what's an extra six miles, you know, you'd like to think is like, you know, four and a half hours, you know, maybe five. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, so we run this race, um, you know, never done this before at this, at that level. Um, and so I'm, I'm running along and, and my buddy Jeff ends up falling behind. I get up to, um, it's pretty close to 2021. You do this big, tall climb. There's an aid station at the top and it starts raining on us and, and I'm, I'm freezing and, and, and my buddies are like, oh, we'll catch up with you at the top. You know, we'll meet you at the aid station. And, and I'm just shivering. And I'm finally like, I got to go. And so I take off. And this, I'm going to call him a trail angel because I have no idea what his name was or who he was. This guy who's uh, running along starts running with me. And if it hadn't been for him, I would have missed the turn and I'd have been off down some fire road somewhere. Because uh, there's just like two little flags off in the trees. And, and so, but he lived there and he runs this course all the time. So he runs from like 20 to 26 with me. And uh, 26, you get out on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And uh, this will be a fun story like this. So, so um, you get out on the Blue Ridge Parkway and the guy just disappears. Like he's like, my wife's here. I'm going to go. And he disappears. And so I'm just off <laughs> down my way. 
And so, but I'm on road, so I'm like, I know I can follow a road. And there's a couple of guys on up ahead of me, and there's somebody behind me, and I'm just running along. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm slowly gaining on this other guy, and or the two guys ahead of me. And, uh, and so, a little bit, you know, I periodically I look back, and I look back, and I can see, and there's there's another guy shows up in the back, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And so, go a little bit further, and I look back, and oh, like he's almost on my hip, you know, and I'm like, where in the world did this guy come from? And I mean, just gone. He flies by me, and I'm like, I don't know what. What did you just wake up and decide to run this race? I mean, you know, I'm at like 28. I don't know what your problem is. And uh, I mean, he just he just zooms past me, and I'm like, wow, that was weird. So anyway, I keep going, and you know, and so I get to. By the way, you talk about the distance. So I get to 31 on my watch, and I'm at an aid station, and I'm like, I, I know 50k. I'm an engineer. 50k. That's 31. Like. Was this this is not finish? right. It's not necessary to have a train station here. Where's it done yet? Where's the tape, guys? I, I mean, I just want to make sure I walk over the timing map. I just exactly. want to, you know, exactly. show me That looks like water and food, but where's the map? <laughs> and so um, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And so the guys are really friendly. And he's like, hey, do you want me to help fill your water packs? I have this little bladder water thing on, you know, camelback thing on. And I'm like, that'd be awesome, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> right, eating, whatever. And so he takes my pack and he opens it up and he says, oh, it looks, it looks like you still got quite a bit of water in there. Do you want some more? And I think, it, again, I'm thinking I'm at 31, like maybe it's another mile. I don't know what it is. Like, okay, whatever. So I close up my water. I said, no, nah, it's good. Whatever, close it up. Well, it had little straps on it would cinch the, the, to keep it from sloshing. And so it was cinched down. So it looked like it was full, but it didn't have hardly any more water in it. So... So you get off the Blue Ridge Parkway and you do this down, 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 and like the truck signs, low, you know, slow gear, direct grade, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, where am I going? And so I was actually staying at the finish. It's like one of those ski resort type things. And so I get to the bottom, and all of a sudden I'm at the entrance to this ski resort. And then I flash back to the more, the night before, driving in with my truck going, you know, climbing up this hill. And I'm like, oh crap, I gotta climb that hill. And so I'm doing my thing and it goes off trail again and, and it was just never ending like you climb over this ridge and you think oh it's here. it's here i'm here at the top you know and you look over the ridge and it's like down and up more and it's like oh my god this is never going to end and so by the way i run out of water i've got goo <laughs> no water and i'm like oh this sucks and i'm just i'm just falling apart you know and i and my watch dies and i don't know exactly where i'm at and i don't know how much and I know I'm getting close to the cutoff. It's a nine-hour cutoff on the on the race. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. Meanwhile, two more guys come flying up behind me. And, I mean, again, they look like they were running a 5K. And I'm like, I'm sucking it. Am I sucking it that bad? Like, where are these guys coming from? And, I, you know, they just down up. And they're talking. They're having a good time. And totally feelings I understand now from the other side of that. But at that point in time, I'm like, man, who the heck are these guys and where are they coming from? Another guy comes along, and it was probably five or six people that come by in that stretch. And I'm like, I don't know what in the world this is. And and so so I finish, super cool finish. I have two daughters at the time. Uh, they had blown in snow on the kind of right at the finish line. And so uh, you run down the snow, get to the bottom. My girls are there. They run across the finish line with me. Uh, they've painted some pictures. One of them colored pictures of that scene and stuff. So I've still got that of like the snow and the finish lines, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and so finish that just undercut, um, 
fast forward, it took me a week to realize that those were the guys that were running the 50 miler that passed me, not the 50k. Oh my which, gosh! So those uh, are the those are the winners. Those are the, the winners 50 of the 50 miler yeah. that had passed me. Which oh, suddenly wow. I'm like, oh well, that's cool because those are the elites <laughs> in the 50 miler. That's cool. I'm glad they passed me. They should. I'm slow, you know. But it took me a week of just real soul searching, like what happened to me that these guys are just flying past me and I'm dying. So there, there's a little more to the story on the on the first 50. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. It is well, demoralizing the, when somebody goes flying past you because your brain starts playing all these scenarios of why are they doing so good? Yeah, and I'm struggling so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I want to know. So you just told us, you know, a 50k story that was, you know, dramatic 50k. Yeah, um, barely under cutoff, and now we know. You know, you're sitting here 14 days after finishing the Leadville 100. So take us from you build up to a 50K and then all of a sudden, you know, you turn into a 100 miler. Sure. How does that happen? Sure. So um, so a couple of years go by, I think it was 14, 17, somewhere in that range. I decided to do a 100K back at the same place. So I come back and was doing a marathon every year, just kind of maintaining baseline sort of thing. Decided I'd do a 100K. I mentioned Justin. Justin comes with me. Uh, same place, um, and the second half of the course is the 50K that I'd run previously. And uh, and so we show up to do this 100K. Jeff's there, too. And so we, we take off on that race. Uh, it's a completely different race at that point. You know, you're in a little better shape, whatever. Still wasn't great, but a better race. Um, and so a couple of key memories in mind. Uh, there was a guy, I think his name's Chris Mako, I think his name. He's kind of a, kind of a big deal. Not super top tier, but probably second tier. Uh, and so he's, we do, we do this out and back and, and then, you, and then you go do a loop on the second half of the course. And so we're doing the out and back. So you see all these elites coming at you, you know, and they're flying over the rocks, like, you know, like billy goats or something like that, you know, and <laughs> you're not, but they are, you know, sort of thing. And for whatever reason, that first 20 miles, it just wore me down. Like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm done with this thing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get to this 50 or hundred K mark. And I get to the 20 mile aid station. And this guy lies to me through his teeth. He's like, oh man, you know, you're looking great. And he's like, yeah, you got all the, you know, you got all the climb out of the way. It's pretty much flat from here. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it. I bought it. Like I, I was into it. Like, all right, I'll go. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go get this thing, you know. So I get to go and get to go and, and Justin and I ended up doing most all that race together. Um, but late in the race, there's another climb and it's like a mile long climb again. Probably not Leadville, but it definitely at the time was my Leadville, right? It was Hope Pass for me at that point. Yeah. And I had done it before and, you know, was miserable. And I, and I, and later on, I figured out that, you know, that dude was lying to me because I still got that mountain to climb, you know? <laughs> and so there was one of those, you know, 10 steps, take a breath, you know, lean over and suck on your, you know, hold your knees and take a breath sort of thing. Finish up. So Justin and I uh, finished, we ended up finishing 19, but a lot of that last part of that run was just, just drudging through the mud, like you quit caring about what your feet hit land on, river crossings, you're just crawling, whatever. So we do that. Um, I'm trying to think. So I've I've done a few other um, races kind of in that next period of time. Um, my buddy Jeff came. We went to the Washita Mountains area here in Oklahoma, did our own like self-supported 100K, uh, like three nights camping or two nights camping, just doing runs each day. Um some things like that. Like I said, I've done Berlin, I've done um, Jerusalem. So several different marathons. Um, 
done some 50Ks, did the, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what it's called now, some of the virtual races in the last couple of years. Um, so a lot of different people. That's one of the interesting things about running is the people that you come to meet, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I'd be remiss if I, I'll never get all the people mentioned that have, that have made an impact on my life. But uh, um, so we, uh, uh, buddy Jeremy lives here in the city area. Uh, he and I were running, uh, and he's like, oh, Leadville. Like, it's just, it's just a cool thing. Like, and I, and I knew what Leadville was. Like I said, I've been reading, and I run trail runner and ultra runner. And I, like, I knew these races, but it wasn't, like, my thing. It was just, that's cool, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, we, you know, we, we should go do the Leadville Marathon. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. You know, I was like, I'll probably do that. So, like, a couple days later, he calls me up, and he's like, there's like eight spots left and you got to <laughs> sign up now. I'm like, we um, all need friends like this. Yes. By yeah, the way, yes. Guys. So yes. just say it. Yeah. You just yes. need friends to sort of yes. push you over the There's edge. always yeah. one. There's always yeah. one. Yes. That's right. Yes. I guess I actually have to back up. I did a, I did the pumpkin holler hundred in 2020. Um, and so that was my first into the hundred range. Uh, so it's relatively flat. It's Oklahoma. Uh, it's mostly gravel, mostly gravel, some pavement. Um, sort of thing so that was that was actually my first hundred kind of jumping up into that so I trained pretty hard in 2020 uh, 2020 was good from a training perspective a lot of other things wasn't but from that perspective it was really good um, so I did the pumpkin holler in 24 hours um, some buddies of mine came and helped pace and crew and stuff like that for me um, it was a solid race you know finished well um, you come back if you want but anyway so we get I'll go back to the Leadville story and 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 so He's like, you got to sign up. And I'm like, okay. So I hit the button and sign up. Any idiot can click a button. <laughs> Any idiot can click a button. <laughs> right. can click a button. That's right. <laughs> so I click the button. Um, and so we start prepping for, you know, training for that. I believe I ran Oklahoma City that 21. Yeah, I think, there, no, Oklahoma City was in the fall. Anyway. So yeah, it, went, it went the fall. Yeah. And then uh, it was in the fall before it went back to spring last year. Yeah. So, um, we go run Leadville. Um, I, I had a great time. Like it wasn't amazing. I finished, was it just under, just under six, just under six hours, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah that's a great, that's if, a great if, if any of you guys are out there looking at Leadville marathon and you're an average guy <laughs> or gal, and you think you're going to go run it in under six, I understand you've run the Oklahoma City Marathon in four. You're not going to run the Leadville Marathon in six. I'm just saying. It's not going to happen. And if it does, great. That's awesome. Email me and tell me I'm wrong. But just for your own training and planning, double your time in Oklahoma City. I, am I right? It's fair. It's, it's tough. Like, I mean, it's basically it's three the, solid climbs. And if it's the first time you've ever like been confronted with a legitimate uphill like if you've done hilly runs here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then you go to Leadville and you do a flat run, and you go, "Wait, that's a flat run? Okay, my uh, my hilly runs are not hilly runs no. anymore. No, like no. it it totally changes your entire perspective because it's almost it's nearly impossible to find a hill here that you can't run up in five minutes. Yeah, and it's hard to find a hill you run in five minutes. I right? mean, it takes you that long. Really? Yeah. you got to drive around and find a hill that says, if I was running hard, would it take me five minutes? And you go to Leadville, and you get on a hill, and you're on a hill for an hour. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's just a completely different world. Yeah. So I'm just saying, under six hours at Leadville Marathon, it went better than okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Better than okay. Continue your story. Bro. Better than okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. So, um, so I run it. I feel good. Like I hiked the hills and ran the downs. You know, it, it was it, it was a lot of work. It was no doubt. It was a lot of work, but it, it wasn't uh, over the top. Like I couldn't. You know, I felt like I was dead or anything like that. It was it was a solid run. Um, so I finish. Um, and they do the award ceremony and they do the, and they do coins for the hundred. And so there's like age group coins and then they do like a lottery at the end. And, and so, uh, Jeremy and I are both there and we're like, Hey, we should, you know, we should stick around for coins, you know? And, and you, you know, you're walking big, like, yeah, absolutely. I'd do Leadville if I get the coin, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> and, uh, heck yeah, I'd do it, you know, sort of thing. And so you, so we stand there and as luck would have it in Leadville, there's this storm comes through. Right. And so, weren't a lot of people showed up and more people disappeared <laughs> and so we're standing there in a rain jackets watching you know sort of thing they're like these two idiots those are my Leadville <laughs> people this is, this is my it's not a big deal story right? yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're doing age group coins you know whatever and so they get to my age group and and they had six coins in my age group and and for some reason they had said something about how they'd only gone like to 20 before or something like that so I'm like Absolutely. You know, again, absolutely I'd do it if they gave me a coin, you know, sort of thing. And so they're going down the list and the first three guys are like, I'm already in, I'm already in, I'm already in. And a bunch of I'm already ins and people not, you know, people not here, people not here, people not here. And they get into the 20s and they still had six coins when they hit 20. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting. But of course I'd do it, you know. <laughs> Jeremy, we should go before. <laughs> I think like I see lightning. still raining warm. It's really getting intense. We might want to... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So they're getting down through the 20s. At 30, they still had three coins. Okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do it. If I would consider I'd doing consider it. Boy, it's, it's getting late. It's, it's getting, <laughs> so I was 36th in my age group. And so I'm like, oh, 30 and three coins. Man, the odds are going up here, right? And then it's like, am I going to raise my hand if they call my number? <laughs> I may not be here. <laughs> And sure enough, they get to 36 and I was the last coin. And I, and it's just like this whole, like, I think I'm going to have to lift my arm. Like, you're like <laughs> I'm not sure I can do this. You're the only one left, by the way. So yeah, they yeah. knew. They knew it was this guy. They're like, this guy Spotlight over here. shines down on you. It's the only one. It's the light shining through the sun, shining through the clouds. <laughs> so sure enough, like, all right, I, um, wow, I've got a coin, you know. And so... You to, do you have to pay if you get a coin? Then yeah, you still pay. They're just saying you get a spot. It's guaranteed entry. Gotcha. Yeah. Guaranteed entry. Um, and so you actually pay in advance of the lottery and all that kind okay. of stuff, but you, um, but it's it's just guaranteed entry is all it is. Do they let you keep the coin? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I actually have the coin, too. Um, and so get the coin. and You get to spend it on a beer at the finish line. <laughs> yeah. Good for one free beer. That's right. Avery Brewing. That's you right. get a beer. That's right. <laughs> Yes. yes. Wait, that's the tab on your. That's a tab. Yeah, you get two. Right. You get two. Right. Two free for a tab. Well, if you if you last through the uh, expo with both one of the tabs, expo, yeah. one post race. So far, I'm over two for making the finish line. So I'm just going to start drinking heavily at the expo <laughs> just to make sure I get my tabs worth. Right. I've never been one to give up a free beer. Well, when you get to the finish line, now. I guess you'll have to carry a bag full of them. <laughs> I'll take a case. Yeah. <laughs> 
so anyway, finished that. That was a whole like blur of an evening of this this elation and scared to death sort of moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh crap! Now what have I done? Uh, well, and how am I going to get yeah, there? The moment when you know you're in the Leadville 100 is a is an interesting. I remember sitting in my backyard. And Jared's like, "We're in." I think we screwed up. We're in the Leadville. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you didn't see your name. I wouldn't. Yeah, because we did lottery the first year. Oh yeah, and I we, saw None it. of us expected to no, get in. No, I'm um, watching it on my couch. Watch our name start rolling by. Actually, I think I saw Rodney's name roll by first. Yeah, and I was like, oh boy, this is bad. <laughs> I got my kids in there watching. <laughs> I can't remember who I texted. I, I like, think you texted me and was like, "Dude, we made it in." And I was yeah. like, "No, we didn't." I wouldn't even watch. I was like, "No, we didn't." Not even possible. And you, you pull up there and they're scrolling names yeah. in the background on like the Facebook Live, yeah, and you're like, "Are we really in?" I mean, that moment when you know you're in, you're like, "Yeah, my stomach dropped." What oh have, yeah, what have yeah. I done? Yeah. yeah, I was like, "I, I can't yeah. do this." Yeah, no way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So having a one hundred, a single hundred. Yeah, but you had a hundred under your belt, Ari. You know what you're about to, what you're signing up for. We were ignorant enough to not know what we were signing up for. So because a hundred is a hundred. We actually went out and found a fifty mile race to do so that we could understand what a hundred mile hundred mile race was. Yeah, you don't know what it means. You know, because it was like, well, we've never gone further than a marathon, and so we might ought to see what that's going to be like. And so we went out and ran the Coyote Run. You had done a fifty k. I had done a few, a few fifty k's. Okay, off road. And so we 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 went out and we signed up for the fifty mile run at Coyote Run, and you know whatever that was, I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, they're in Texas. In Texas, just because it was like I don't even know what a hundred miles is. Like you have to like wrap your brain around it before you can even understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And 50 is a big distance. Like, that's no mm-hmm. distance. That's, like you said, that's harder than an Ironman. It's you still know. my premier distance, I would say. I mean, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm basically tapped out at 50 so far. <laughs> so, you, 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 you're you in Leadville. You're signed up. You've trained. Now, let's let's talk about the race. Let's talk about Leadville. Wait, this year. This Leadville year's 100, your finish. Okay. So, starting from the beginning... You know, you're in the corral at this point. You've done some runs. You did 10K. You've done the marathon. So you know what Leadville elevation is. Like, what are you feeling right now? Like, you're in the corral, ready to go. Yeah, so so I actually felt really good. Um, so between getting a coin, I went ahead and ran pumpkin again. Oh, you did? Uh, okay. I did. I ran it. I'm like, all right, I got to run another 100 because I've got Leadville coming up. I've got to be training. I remember Abby saying, yeah. she said, I have a friend. Yeah. He's doing Leadville. I was like, Dude, what? There's somebody in Oklahoma that I don't know that's doing yeah. Leadville, you know? And she's like, oh, he's done hundreds, 24-hour finish. I was like, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah she, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah. The Abby, report we heard about you before we met you, we actually were scared to meet you to, for a training run because we were like, dude, this guy crushes hundreds in under 24 hours. We can't train with him. We're going to have to meet him after a run and be like, hey, yeah, yeah how was your training run? We ran fast. And what did y'all do? And so, remember, we were yeah, like, I think that's what happened. We met after a run. That's I think right. We, we that was, we, we were very strategic about that. Yes. That was yeah, planned. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so, you, you, did, yeah, you got your second 100 so you're in the crowd. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, you like the stories. So, I got sick at my stomach at like, uh, I think it was like 30. I was, I was drinking too much of their Gatorade. Like, I'd run out of my yeah. stuff between my crew and started drinking Gatorade. Like 30 miles of just suck walking, you know, kind of stuff, power walking. Um, so at 91, I got in my head 
that I had switched pacers, love my pacers. They, but they, uh, I had in my head that I couldn't make 24. And I have, I was trying for like 21 and that whole stomach issue messed me up and everything. And so, and so I got in my head that I couldn't finish in 24. And so I, I was just like, I, I literally like the lights went out, like I shut off and was just, just walking in the dark. And, and my buddy Jeff was with me and he's like, come on, you can keep moving. And I just stop and stick my head between my legs. And the funny story is he's like, you know, it, I, I'd stop and drop my head between my legs and he's like, come on, man, you got to keep walking. And I'm like, well, at least with my head between my legs, my eyes stay open. And, and he's like, what is wrong with you? This sort of thing. Anyway, so, so 91 to 97 was just trudgery, like stupid slow. He's just like, come on, man, keep moving. I'm getting cold. Um, 97 last eight stations. He's doing triple runs. Yeah. yeah he's doing triple <laughs> runs inside me. <laughs> exactly. Um, I get to 97 and, there's an aid station there. It's the last aid station before the finish. And I'm like, oh, you know, I got this little blister. I'm going to stop. They helped me last time around. I'm going to kind of bandage it up a little bit. Give me a little coffee, you know, whatever. Like, I've got plenty of time or whatever. And so... What race is this? This is Pumpkin. Second oh, time. Oh, I thought we are in Yeah, so we skipped uh, one. I, I'm I, sorry. I, I, I was like, up. this is what he says. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. So, so 97, I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and stop. And the sun's just starting to peak out. The race starts at 8. Um, and so I happened to glance over my shoulder and there's a headlamp coming behind me and I'm like, ah, dang it. I was going to stop, but I don't want to lose another place. I'll, I'll, I'll keep moving, you know, sort of thing. And so I look at my watch and I'm like, I still have 45 minutes. And I'm like, you sorry, dog. Like you can finish, you can do three miles in 45 minutes. Come on, you can do this. And so I started literally like yelling at myself. Like, I'm not joking. I'm like, I'm, you're going to start moving, start running. And, and so I did, and I ended up leaving my pacer behind. Like, I'm just like, you're going to run. Because he's so cold. For yeah, he was. He was so you. cold. Yeah, it's it's not because I'm not much faster. <laughs> he was that cold. I'm cramped up and shit. Like, I'm wearing his sandals. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm trying to get you to run for the last two hours. One headlamp. One headlamp got you going? <laughs> yeah, one headlamp. One headlamp, a little bit of sunlight, and looking at my watch. And I'm like, all right, you can do this. So I take off, and I run. My buddy Tim meets me at the bridge at the, close to the end there and runs in with me. So I finished just under 24 again. So I got two 24s there. Um, anyway, so that was the fun story about just being completely gone and yeah. then coming back and reviving and running fat, as fast at the end as I did at the beginning. Um, so uh, right after that, like, hey, all right, I got to get buckled down on Leadville. Uh, and I knew that um, as much as I know about running, I knew I needed more information. I needed more knowledge, uh, and I needed more experience. And you guys talk about knowing people that run and those sorts of things. And so, even having some experience, I'm still the guy that everybody asks, not the person that I, I'm not. There's not somebody I can ask. Yeah. And and so uh, I ended up signing up with Boundless um, and Scott Jordan uh, as my coach. And so uh, Scott Jordan is both of our coaches. Yes. Yeah. Which we didn't know. Yeah. Until the first time we met after a training run yeah and we were just kind of talking about our workouts and our coach and then we put it together that right. okay we're both training in oklahoma city and we both have the same coach i thought you were going to say you found us an incredible podcast that had like a wealth of information i did but i couldn't consume it fast enough yeah. that's what it was <laughs> yeah so i met you guys through abby and yeah. then and then we found out we were coached by the same guy uh, and so that was phenomenal, just having all that guidance and coaching and stuff. And, and you know, just, it, and it was nice for somebody for, like me to be able to just do what I'm told. 
that's not something that I, you know, in my personal life, in my work life, I'm not the guy that just sits around and does whatever I'm told to do. And so it was nice to be like, whatever he tells me to do, if he tells me 6.7 miles, I guess I'm running 6.7 miles and that's what I'll do. And it, and it was holding me to that, holding me accountable to that. Um, and so he helped me through kind of the winter time um, and really slowed me down to speed me up sort of thing. Um, and then so ran the marathon and stayed for the training camp um, and hiked all through that. I think I had 138 miles between the marathon and the end of the training camp uh, wow. between running and hiking, just just pounding every chance I could run up a hill, run down a hill. Uh, went back for the Boundless Camp, was there for about a week for the Boundless Camp, did some on-course running and then did the Boundless Camp there. Um, and then ended up going back two Saturdays prior to the marathon, was able to go up and kind of work remote and be up there in the area. So stayed up in Copper for a little while and then moved into Leadville. So another two weeks of training at altitude or, or really tapering at altitude, but going up and hiking and running and doing some things that first week. You said marathon, you're talking about the 100 mile areas. You stayed two weeks prior. I'm sorry, yes, two, okay. weeks, two weeks prior to the 100, thank you, yeah. That's great. Yeah, so, so I say all that because it leads into how did I feel going into the race? Um, you know, the, it has been such an awesome experience to the community. You, you started off with all the people that know me uh, at, Lead, at of all places in Leadville. Um, but just all of those times, the marathon, the camps, being with, uh, spending time with Scott at different places and getting to meet different people, um, spending two weeks up there. It's just been so cool to be around people that think this is normal. And, <laughs> and you know, and so, because in Oklahoma, there are not too many people that think this is normal. And so to be around people that think this is normal was so much fun. Uh, and it really just builds you up and puts you in a different mindset of, yeah, you've got the history, you've got the resume, but you've got this community of people that, that also think this is normal and do this. And they're like, yeah, I've done, you know, I've done it eight times and I've done it three times. And yeah, and, and you know, this, that, and the other. And you get to meet these people that are just so cool and that, that have that experience. Um, and, uh, you know, even meeting last year's winner and just, just things like that, that, you know, and, and then the people that are, you know, Ken and Mary Lee and all those people that are just part of the, the family. Uh, it was was really cool. So showing up race day to your question. Funny story though. Yep. Abby was like, she showed me the photo you took with Ken and Marilee. Uh huh. She's like, I think this is Brad's parents. <laughs> I said, no, those are the people that found the race. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She's not the. Somebody else asked me that same question. Like, uh, she's not your, the only one. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, like no, because I guess if they, you know their shirts do say family on it. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess that. I guess that fits. But, but is that really what your parents would wear to the race? <laughs> they wouldn't wear family. <laughs> uh, that is so one, one would hope not. But uh, you know, that was gonna kill me. Yes. Yeah. So right, we, so go ahead, we, yeah, I was going to say, we cut you off. We, I mean, obviously, we already spoiled it for everybody at the beginning of the episode because they know you already finished. But, yeah. you know, give us the give us the high level of how your day went. Yeah, so so I was I went in, I knew I could finish, and I was shooting for 25. That was my goal was to break 25. And and I just, you know, going into that race, by the time, by the time race day showed up, I had covered every stretch of that course. Uh, at least once, if not three or four times. I mean, I've been up, I've been up Hope four times. I've been up and over twice. I've run up Powerline more times than I could count. 
Uh, and I, so I had gotten to see every stretch of the course. I had a lot of experience on it and relative to somebody who'd never run it before. Yeah. And so, and I have a pretty good sense of direction and where I'm at. So I, so I knew where I was going to be all day long. Um, and so I just, I felt comfortable. Like I didn't know exactly how the day was going to go. I knew it was going to suck. Whatever happened, it was going to suck, but I was, I, I was in it. Right. And so I was surprisingly calm, like a lot calmer than most races where you show up and you got the jitters and all this kind of stuff. I was just kind of, just kind of hanging out and it, and it was like a, it was like a welcoming party. Like my, my crew all came, we were all hanging out there. Um, people that I'd met through the camps and different things, my buddies that, you know, um, buddy Chris and some other guys, like we all, we're all just like, Hey, how's it going? You know, are you ready for this? You know, sort of thing. And we're all lying saying, yeah, we're ready, you know, <laughs> but you're, but you're there, you know? Uh, so, so start out good. Uh, just, you know, you just settle in for a long day, right? You know, and so you know it's going to take a while. Um, go through the, you know, start out of town, get uh, get to the to Turquoise Lake area there. Didn't have too much trouble with the uh, Congo line discussion. It was in a pretty good place. Uh, Timing-wise, it was okay. Uh, get to May Queen. I was pretty close to my, pet, my schedule time, a couple of minutes, not maybe not too far off. Um, excuse me. Um, interestingly, that first section though, like from there to, to Hagerman's, the Colorado trail, section. the Colorado trail. So, so a little bit of turquoise Lake and Colorado trail. I was kind of in my head a little bit, like in a, in a bad way, like a little bit of why am I doing this? Surprisingly, you know, like I've done this a few times before and I'm super stoked about doing it. And yet I'm going like, this is going to be a long day. Why am, why am I doing this again? And, and, and so it wasn't like, I'm stopping or anything like that, but just a little bit of that negative talk in my head. And, uh, it was just a little bit of my, uh, patella was kind of bothering me just a little bit, almost just like pressure, not, not really pain. And I was just kind of like, ah, come on now, you know, like, what are you doing? So I get to the top of, Hag or I get off the top of Colorado there to Hagerman's and Scott's there and, and Paul, uh, both two guys that I know there and they're like, oh, you know, whatever, you're great, you know, doing great. And, and Scott's like, how you feeling? I'm like, well, I'm a little in my head. And he's like, no, you're not. You're fine. You're doing great. Keep. He's like, I'm like, well, my knee. And he's like, no, it's not hurting. Forget about it. Keep running. <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing fine. Chris is right up there. Go get him, you know, sort of thing. And, and so he's like, yeah, stop that. Go, go run, you know, sort of thing. Like, all right, all right, all right. So it took me a little bit longer, but I kind of got it out, you know, kind of worked that out and, and was doing okay. So climbed up the backside of power line there. Um, Pretty solid run time, you know, not not doing too bad. And I, I ran most of the way up, probably not the last little bit, but, but a good majority of that, at least jogged. Um, come down power line, feel good. Um, running pretty solid down through there. Um, see Scott again at uh, like Fish Hatchery Road there or whatever, going you know, right at the bottom of power line. Uh, my buddy Chris catches up with me again. So we're running together, just talking, um, and uh, doing pretty good pace, get into outbound, feel pretty good, just jogging along on the road. Uh, you know, feel like you've run, you know, pretty close to a marathon and, you know, off trail, but uh, not bad. Just, yeah, you've been working. Um, hit outbound, um, get my, you know, change, you know, get kind of my something, my daylight gear on, get rid of my headlamp, all that kind of stuff. My guys had all had switched, were switching packs. So I had a full vest ready, or two two full vests, and so each time instead of filling bottles or whatever, it was just here's my vest and go. Um, Jeff loves that strategy. Yeah. Right. 
It Anything that could be an excuse for Jeff to buy more gear. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a great strategy. Don't tell my wife that. <laughs> yeah, I have. I actually have four vests. I don't want to repeat a vest. I have specific vests for each aid station. Oh wow! Well, there you go. <laughs> so, when's the first time you kind of hit any like trouble? When's the first time you yeah. thought? I mean, I, always you know it's going to be a rough day, but when's yeah. the first time you said this is going to be? So, so coming out of Outbound, I got my headphones on. I'm not a guy that listens to music on running, but I had bought some shocks specifically for Leadville. I mean, I've run with headphones, but I don't, I don't normally do that. I just like to listen to what's going on around me. And so I put my headphones on and I start, you know, just jamming out some music and stuff. And so I just felt really good on that paved section going out of town. Like I probably gained whatever little bit I was off, uh, down to the end of that road. I mean, you know, just passing people and talking to a couple people I knew, you know, just whatever, just keep on going, uh, get to, get to half pipe. Everything's pretty good. Um, I actually probably hate the most, the section from, um, kind of from, uh, half pipe to Elbert. Yeah. Cause it just feels like it should be like three miles and it's forever. And it's not three miles. It just feels like it goes on and on and on forever. And it's, and it's not even that steep or anything. It's just, there's so much out there. There's so much time out there. And so somewhere in that range, I don't know exactly where I started having a little bit of like cramping in my hip flexors a little bit, not too bad, but a little bit in my hip flexors. And then I started cramping on the outer part of my shin here. And that just, it just messes with me really bad. Cause it like, it'll like pull my foot out a little bit and it's just, and it, and it hurt more than, the, than my hip flexors. And so I was, that was, I mean, I wasn't at a walk. I wasn't like stopped and couldn't do anything or, you know, standing on the side, but it was just that annoyance, you know, of it, it, I'm just slowing down and I, and I don't like this feeling. Right. So that's the first place that got, that started to, the, I'd say the first place of the wheels started to come apart on 25. Um, so I get up to the top, do the downhill back into down into or down into twin. Uh, see my crew. Scott's there again. The whole like, all right, here's where I'm cramping, whatever, and they're working me over and switching me out, and you know, like you're gonna be fine. Shut up and keep moving, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and so like I feel pretty good coming back out of twin. You know, they'd worked me over a little bit. Uh, that whole lowland area there, uh, like a lot of that, I ended up kind of power hiking more than running because it's so narrow like yeah i don't feel like you can actually run it's terrible that part sucks it does you know especially for a bigger guy you know you 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 gotta you guys wouldn't know about this (laughs) chief and jeff are are i don't know if you guys have seen pictures but they're little guys Um, so it's uh you guys wouldn't understand one one twenty soaking wet yeah i mean it's a little friggin wish Anyway, I hate that section where you like you, you just gotta like you kind of have to put one foot in front of the other the whole way, and it, it just it's not yeah. not a good rhythm. The trail's kind of concave. Yeah, too, concave. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, river was fun, you know, whatever, cooling, uh, and then I, I get to the bottom of Hope, and and that's where it just messed up on. And like I said, I've already been up Hope four times on that side and up and over twice, but I don't know why, but something about the combination of the way you know, like the, the cr- little bit of cramping I had, uh, the fact that I was doing it after, you know, 40 miles, I just, I just started slowing down. Like that's the first time I, I've climbed it quite a few times and never like standing there leaning on my poles. And I was leaning on my poles going, man, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm just, 
I, I just, I wasn't winded, but I was just like, I was worn out and I was, it was just, this is not going well. And so like, I think all my miles in that last, I think the last three were like 30 minute, 32 minute miles. And like, that's not a, that's not a time to get you in a 25, you know, you, you can, you can recover from it, but not, not at a 25. And, uh, and so I just, that's, that was my worst stretch. Hope out was the worst part for me. Absolute worst. All the way to Winfield or just to hopeless? Hope out. Hopeless and to the top Okay, was the worst stretch for me. Um, I just, I, w- I was by myself. I was getting past. I was stopping. I was sucking. You know, I just like, oh man, I just can't keep going. And, and, and so it just really eat me up. I got to hopeless and I started to feel better. Like I got a little bit of food, got a little bit of energy from the aid station, you know. And so powering on up wasn't as mentally taxing but but that stretch would it just and and that's where i knew 25 wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. um and so i knew i still had it in my head i was finishing i never had a question in my mind of whether i could finish it was just 25 was off the off the table so i crest over and start the downhill uh, and suddenly I, I like i'm feeling a lot better you know you feel like oh man i'm running downhill now this is nice you know sort of thing and so it's able to run or, you know, speed jog, I guess, maybe it's probably a better word for it. Uh, it's about the time I passed Rod- or Rodrigo passed me. So on the, you know, about a mile down the, about, about, well, probably three quarters of a mile down. Uh, so before you get to tree line, he comes blowing by me, you know, whatever. And that's cool. Cause he's in a different tier than I am altogether. Um, he passed me like 27. So. <laughs> <laughs> he passes early. Early, early. Yes. He was blown. Well, he almost places every year. Golly. And starting two or two, two or two, two and a half. Two, two hours. Two hours late. Yeah. So yeah, he's wild. in a different tier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Uh, do the downhill to the worst part that last mile there. Uh, slow me down. Not horrible. Uh, talking to some other guy that I meet along the trail or whatever. Um, see Harvey Lewis coming up. Well, I saw the so the the winning guys passed me on the when I was going up hope um, and then but I think I saw Harvey probably a half a mile from the bottom uh, coming up uh, so that was you know just kind of interesting right you know see people that you recognize from the you know from the internet yeah. we got to see trail Jesus last year that was pretty yeah. cool to see, yeah. Yeah. Like, to see everyone by because he's such an iconic figure yeah. right yeah, I know what sure. you're saying right Pain. yeah um, so um, get to the bottom uh, my second least favorite is the is from Sheep Gulch, or yeah, from Sheep Gulch oh, yeah. to Winfield. Um, it's hard to love that one. It's right? hard to love it. You feel like you should be able to run. That feels like it should be flat, runnable land, and yeah. it's not. Yeah. And so you just you, it's more climb, a little bit of climb, and just rugged terrain and everything else. Um, get to Winfield. Um, back and uh, Chris, the guy I talked about, he and I are really closely pa- uh, matched in pace, but. For one reason or another, we'll end up apart a little while, and then we'll be together a while, and we'll be able, you know. So I, I catch up to him in the aid station. Uh, we're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get this back up, hope. And so we turn around, got a good time. Um, uh, see uh, Donna Marie there, one of the ladies I met from the camp, and and uh, and so we head back out. Uh, I think I see you. About a mile out from Winfield, so we turned back. I never saw Jeff. I never saw you. I saw I, you. Did you? I don't know where I. I don't know where I missed you, but I. I think I saw you right in that stretch between Sheep Gulch and the dirt road. Mm-hmm. I saw you in between there. 
it's so pretty you were, tight. You were going. You were coming uphill, so I, I saw you on where, wherever there was uphill. Okay. So, so I, I was headed back in, and you were coming out. I was headed into Winfield. You were going back up. Okay. So I, it had to. You probably. It had to have been pretty close to when I saw you. Yeah, yeah. it was really close. Um, so you were in front. You no, he was. In, he was ahead of me. Okay. But I. I think I saw you. I, I. We may have been on Hope on the backside of Hope. Okay. But if we were, we were on the bottom. Maybe. Um, maybe. Because I feel like I remember seeing you on the Colorado Trail between Winfield and the and Sheep Gulch. Maybe that's where I was. Um, so I was thinking I saw you closer to Winfield, but maybe maybe you're right. That was probably him. I remember seeing. You probably saw him. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe I bet, it was. I bet you saw Jeff. Maybe. Anyway, so I remember seeing one of you. Let's just go on record. I saw one you of the brothers. I, you and I exchanged pleasantries. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Although I, I could, um, you did not seem like you felt great. Yeah. Um, it, but we definitely said hi to each other. Okay. Um, so I know that you and I saw each other. Okay. Um, I don't, maybe it didn't register. Maybe, uh, maybe I did see both of you and I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so Very possible. So I think what was interesting coming back out of Winfield, because it's an out-and-back course, is you, you see everyone, you know, and, uh, and it's, kind of a, it's kind of a downer, too. And, I, and I, I hate to say this to you guys, but it's kind of a downer when you're seeing people that, you know, there's a group of people that as I'm coming back, like you, there's some people that are going to make it. Yeah. There's some people that have a chance, but then, and then, and so a lot of my friends and people I know, and you know, like they're, they're in the, I have a chance zone, but then there's a whole nother group behind that that are in the, no, they don't even have a chance to get, they're going to miss the Winfield. They're not going to miss hope that like, they're going to be way behind the Winfield. And it's kind of, it's kind of a downer. Like, you may be okay, but yet you're seeing all these people and you can just see it on their face and you're trying to be encouraging. And yet, you know, that there's, for some of them, especially, there's no encouragement. There's nothing I can say to you right now, you know, save a shot of speed and, you know, in the hip joint is going to get you to Winfield before the cutoff, you know, sort of thing. So that was, that was probably part of it is just that dealing with that as you're in your own, you know, mental state. Yeah. Um, but, but it really, so aside from that, uh, again, I'd caught up with Chris, and so we were we were working together at that point. So we, we were even kind of like, we're going to Peloton this together. We're getting to the top of Hope. Uh, and so we, we kind of worked out a strategy. We were going to get to Sheep Gulch. We were going to take a, you know, a, a food break, and then we were going we to hit it. And, and so we started doing that, and it's like, uh, and so Chris started out in front of me, and it's like, just don't go fast. Just set a pace that you can maintain, and let's just don't stop. And so I think we made it about three quarters of a mile, uh, took a short break. I think we switched. Uh, and then, so I started leading out. I think maybe we took one more break along the way, but it was just short, like, okay, we're going to stop and breathe for a second and then we're going to keep going. So it wasn't crazy fast, but got faster as we went up, you know, because once you get past tree line, it's a whole lot easier to just set a pace and, and kind of smooth through that. Um, got to the top. We did it take a picture we're about out of daylight you know sort of thing um and then just headed on down in um just okay like kind of mostly hike a little bit of jog a little bit of back and forth uh you know at that point your headlight running and that sort of stuff um got to twin and you know 
I, I've heard so many people say, basically, you get to twin, you you, you can make it, right? You, you're going to make it if you get it to twin. And so that was that was a relief. Uh, there's still quite a bit of energy at that point. I know you talked about how it was pretty dead by the time you got in. Everybody's pretty much gone. But, you know, when you're still on pace, there's still a lot of people there. Uh, and so just a lot of energy, even if they're not there for you, just a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and so do my quick change. Um, there was some things going on with my stuff or whatever because uh, so my buddy Tim was going to take my pack. And so they were figuring that out. He's like, you just keep moving. Like I wanted to get some pot food. So I went on around to the aid station from where they were at. Um, catch up to me and we just start going. Uh, and it was, it was a nice relief to have somebody that I knew and to know that somebody else was, somebody else was looking out for me. Right. And, uh, and so he has my pack, he has my water and everything else. Uh, there was another guy, Matt, that I'd met and we were, and he's an awesome power hiker. And so I was just like staying on his heels, like as long as he's moving and him and his pacer. And so there's like four of us together that were just powering up this hill out of the climb. And so it just felt fine. Like I, it wasn't, it wasn't super fast, but it definitely wasn't slow. And we just, we're just powering, doing our thing. Um, and so, like I said, I just didn't, I didn't feel bad. I just, I'm in the middle of a hundred mile, hundred mile, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it was also cool to have like, Tim was like, cause, cause they can, um, you know, that's not every race that they can uh, burrow for you or whatever you want. Yeah, to they can carry your stuff. Carry your stuff. Your stuff. Yeah. It is unique to Leadville, right? Like, it's, not a lot of races unique. let you no, mule, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, but that was really nice because Tim was paying attention to, hey, take a drink. Hey, eat this. Yeah. Hey, you're going to eat. Which one of these do you want? You know, hey, take another drink. You know, here's some get. You know, here's some tailwind. What do you... Take, take it. And so, you know, you just get into this, like, again, I'm just going to let you tell me what to do. Like my job is to keep moving forward and you tell me what to do when it's time. I don't even think about it. You just tell me when I'm supposed to eat, when I'm supposed to drink. And, uh, and so that was, that was a fun experience in that regard. Um, my truck, my watch was starting to kind of run down I'm like, Hey, I'm so telling on my buddy here, but, uh, like, Hey, we need to charge my watch up. And so I have this old rig that I can usually wrap it around my arm and then keep it going. And, and charge it up. Cool. And the Coros? No, I'm I'm a Garmin. Oh, so that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. What is that? You're a Garmin again? Uh huh. It must be first generation. <laughs> it must be. That must be a Phoenix Five. Yeah, yeah. it's a six. But uh, but uh, I might have contacted Garmin after I was after this race was over. Good, because it uh, didn't quite go as long as it should have. See, but, so my, mine mine did, and it had actually a more battery left over in it. Wow. So yours definitely. I still haven't charged it since Leadville 2021. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying, Chief? I didn't want to say anything. You should contact Garmin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, oh, I'll just, you know, one, one way or another, he's like, I'll just hold your watch. Like, I'm right here beside you. I'll just, I'll just hold your watch. And that way you don't, you know, one less thing to think about it. I'm like, okay. So I take my watch off and I hand it to him. So he plugs it in and I watch him plug it in. And I remember telling him, no, he swears I didn't. I remember telling him, like, you got to push the little button on the charger for it to actually activate and start charging. So we go on and we're running along. Well, so right about half pipe. Um, so all good. We're doing some running, whatever. We get to half pipe. And so he's got all my stuff. My phone's in my bag or my, my vest. He's got my watch. I have shorts, shoes, and a shirt on, okay, <laughs> and a headlamp. That's, that's, <laughs> this is where I'm at. And, and so he's like, I'm going to go up ahead to, to half pipe. You know, what do you want, right? And like, okay, whatever. This is what I'd like to have. And so I'm like, he's like, keep moving. So he says, keep moving. 
I'm like, I'm going to make a quick pick stop and then I'm going to keep moving. I mean, I can see the aid station. That's how close I am. So I do that and I keep moving. And then time goes by and time goes by and he's not catching up to me. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, where, where did he go? You know, so, and I have no phone. I have no watch. I have no <laughs> nothing other than what I got on my body, you know, sort of thing. And so I keep going, I keep going, I keep watching back. And I'm like, I'm looking for a third taillight because, you know, everybody's pretty much got a pacer. So I'm looking for a third headlamp that should be passing other people and catching up to me. And he never comes and he never comes and he never comes. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And but, but I'm still going to keep moving. So I keep moving and I know my crew is going to see me at tree line. They're meeting me at tree line. So, so I get all the way to tree line and they had been texting back and forth with him. Well, he had, he had taken off and then thought I was like he thought I couldn't have got that far. So maybe he thought I was still back in the trees or something. And so he goes out and then he runs back and then he runs out. And, and, and so anyway, like he's running like seven minute miles trying to find me all up down this path. And uh, in the meantime, my watch dies, by the way, which is on him. So I don't have any of those seven minute miles on my watch. And you don't know, you really don't know what time it is either. Right? No, I know nothing. What I know a, nothing. What a scary place to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I get to... I get to Treeline, and the rest of my crew's there, and they're like, he's behind, he's like a half a mile, but he's, you know, he's running fast, and he's coming. And I'm like, well, give me something to eat. Oh, I still have poles with me, too. So I'm like, give me something to eat, and, like, I'm going to eat and drink something while I'm here with you guys, and and so, like, thinking that he's, you know, he's right there. He should be here any second now, and finally it's like, and so um, Scott was pacing Chris at that point. They go by. And, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to see if I can catch up to them. And that way I'm running with somebody and then Tim should be able to catch me somewhere along the way here. And so I take off you know, with just a water bottle in my hand. You know, I didn't even have a cap on the water bottle. I'm just like <laughs> running over the water bottle. Um, I see Scott's daughter, Sydney, and she's like, oh, they're right there, on, right around the corner, like literally that across pipeline. I'm like, oh, I should be able to catch him. And so I'm, I'm trying to run and I never caught him. I never saw him. Ever, I saw orange shirts because he was wearing orange uh, yeah. uh, melanzana. I'm like, nope, no, not there, not there. Um, so I, I keep running. I end up catching up with uh, Paul Zaney, and so I'm, I'm basically hiking with him and the guy he's pacing. Tim catches up to me, um, so we do the whole interchange, whatever you know. Finally, found you, whatever, and um, and oh by the way, you need to plug in my watch and charge, you know, sort of things. He's like, watch is die. <laughs> So my watch is coming back on and outbound. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, all that behind you, you know, like keep moving, got to keep going, whatever. Get to outbound, get get new pack, new pacer. Uh, Christian joins me. Um, and so feeling pretty good, like, all right, we're moving, you know, whatever. Um, I think we passed like 50 some odd people between twin and outbound. Even with all that, you know, still just powering through a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, Might have given you something to take your mind off things, actually, yeah. just waiting for him, just to yeah. kind of, just something else to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, outbound, looking good. Um, so, we take off, do the road section again, um, get to get to uh, power line there, and, you know, I, I, I know power line, it's, it's, it's four climbs. One that really sucks, and three that kind of suck. You know, and it's like, you just, you know how to, I knew what I was getting into. I knew how long I had to go. And so, so as much as anything, I was talking to my pacer, like, hey, this is, 
this is where we are. Okay, we got this and that. And so I, I, it was just how my mind was working. Um, he was still keeping me on the like food, water, eat this, drink that, you know, sort of thing. Um, power up. And I think it was, he's, I don't know what he said, something like, if you pass 20 people, I'll start calling you Rodrigo or something like that. And I think I did. I passed 20 or 21 people up power line, just, just steady as she goes, getting up there. Um, the whole aid station business, whatever, keep, mo- you know, keep moving, keep moving. What are those people doing? <laughs> oh man, there's something else. Right. Um, so power through that, but it's just, at this point, it's just, it's just move. It's not even think, it's not feel, you just, you just move. Uh, I just, I knew where I was going and I knew what I needed to do. How's your body treating you at this point? Or are you even thinking about it? I I wasn't thinking about it a whole lot, but I felt pretty good. Yeah. So, so when I knew that 25 wasn't going to happen, in my mind, I had all this time available. There wasn't like a, any, in my mind, there wasn't any value to get 25, 30. Right. I mean, it probably would have been better, but at the same time, it's like, why? I don't have to. Sure, sure. And so I just I just kind of set a pace and kept going, and I knew I was on pace to keep making it in. And so I wasn't, I didn't cramp, I wasn't hurting, uh, I just, I kept moving. I, it was a lot of power hiking, um, but it, I could have run more, but it was just like, this is, this is working, and I'm holding pace, so I just keep going. Yeah. Tell us about your last, like, mile, two miles, kind of what, when, when you're, like, when mentally you shift to, I'm coming into the finish. Yeah. So uh, from May Queen, pick up a new pacer. I had the Congo line going out or going going in, which was frustrating as all get out. I had like eight or nine people in front of me, and they were all lollygagging. And there's one guy that was talking. And, you know, those people that just really annoy you. Like, I don't know what it was. It could have been because it's, you know, whatever time, 5 o'clock yeah. in the morning. But I was just like, you know, he knew everything about everything. And I'm like, I just didn't even want to listen to him. And if I had the energy to sprint past him, I would have. But I couldn't get up over the hill. And I was just, I was just annoyed. So that whole stretch was just, just really irritating. But once you get to the camping area, that's really where it changed for me. I got to the camping area and I could get around them. And, and that's where I started like running and, you know, jogging, running, whatever, you know, picking up, definitely picking up the pace. Um, and so I, I really started feeling like I, I could smell the barn, right? About the curve in the lake, I could smell the barn, and I knew this was this was coming up. For some reason, I had it in my head. I was in the twenty-nine to thirty hour, so I felt like I was okay, but I was tight. And so I was I was really starting to pick it up and run. You know, you do go back down mini pipeline, head up the road. So weird experience. So I mentioned Harvey Lewis earlier. So I'm coming up the road there, the Three Forks Road, right over there, and I see Harvey Lewis in front of me, and I'm like. Like he should be, where? What's going on here? And, and I'm thinking, surely he's finished and come back and is walking with some friend of his or whatever. But I'm like, it doesn't matter. I told Jeff, I said, hey, we're gonna run past him, and I don't care what anybody says. Everybody, you know, I passed Harvey Lewis, right? It doesn't matter if he's walking. I passed Harvey Lewis, you know. Um, so we keep going. We run on, get to the turn, do the thing, get on the, the boulevard, and and once you get through that really rough section. Uh, I mentioned I ran the 10K previously, yeah. the previous weekend. So I knew right where the 10K mark or the 5K mark was. And that was so uh, invigorating at that point. You, you just have so much energy because you're like, there's the, I, I got three miles to go. And I just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And, um, would, you know, stop a little bit, talk and whatever. And, and then uh, just like, especially by the, about the time I got to the pavement or pretty close to the pavement, like I'm, I'm just pushing it, giving it everything I got. 
And so run all the way up the hill in town, the paved hill. Um, Christian's wife, me, meets me along through there. And so she's running up through there with me and crest over the hill. And that's, that's just, you know, just glorious getting over that hill. And, and you know that there's nothing left but downhill to the stop, you know, to the finish line. Um, so, um, the crazy thing about it is, is that's the best at 300s and some other ultra distances. And that's probably the best I've ever felt at the end of a race. Probably short of maybe a marathon or something like that, but like I just I felt good, I was happy, I was not cramping, I wasn't like I can't keep moving. Like how am I going to get these last five steps out? It was just I was just gliding in like it was a five k, um, and then to uh, see uh, Tamara, the race director, who I've got to know through the past week, and and then Ken and Mary Lee and all those, and and Scott's there, and everybody's there, my crew's all there. Um, and, and other people that I've met, you know, all these people that you now are friends with, that, you know, that are now family, uh, you're just, it's just so much fun and so much excitement. Uh, and you get your medal and you get your buckle and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And um, I don't know, I, I, I still don't know that fully process that, yeah. that excitement of finishing. I can tell just, you know, you describing it, it's just, uh, you know, it's so crazy because we all have, we all have seen it from one perspective or another. Um, and anytime somebody starts talking about it, there's just this like welling up inside of you where you're like, golly, there's just something about that finish line. Yeah. yeah I always think of Billy Yang and like life in a day. Yeah. And it's, it's very much that when you're like, and you're finally, you went through all the struggle and you right. finally hit that, that pavement and you're coming in and your family, your friends and all you guys, and everybody's there. It's like, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to take in, all, in, in like thirty seconds too. Yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of time, like yeah. right, like you're, you're, you everything's coming together in thirty seconds, and it's just like yeah. boom. Yeah, man. It's pretty pretty wild. And you so, said you sat in the corral for two hours right after. I the was race. there for a long time. Yeah, just talking to different people, um, you know, hearing about their experience, different aspects of it. I don't know exactly how long it was, but it was it was long enough that, by the way, I heard Harvey finish the come across and they called his name. Oh, so you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually beat Harvey Lewis. <laughs> for the record, for the record, um, I actually did. Uh, he blew up completely, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't That's matter. that doesn't matter. That's his fault, not yours. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if our buddy from Minnesota finished. I saw he him. Did. He did. I'm pretty sure he did. I saw him heading. I think. Uh, uh, Twin Lakes inbound. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I saw Me him too. in Twin Lakes. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, he did. I think he was good. Yeah. All right, let's do a couple speed round questions with uh, I, Brett. Yeah, I have I had the one. Give me your gear. Which, what was your race gear set up? All right. So, I mentioned I had two vests. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a generally a don't change it if it ain't, bro- you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, so, shoe-wise, I changed shoes twin in uh, because I wanted to be dry coming into the night, you know, sort of thing. Um, I'm, a, a, uh, I've got an ultimate direction bottle vest that I've been using. So that's new for me this year. I've always been a, um, a, um, Osprey guy, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, went to the bottles and a lighter vest. Um, I'm a tailwind and water. Uh, I like to use, um, honey stingers, the chews and the honey stinger waffles, um, forgotten the name of it there's a there's like a apple pie bar type thing that i found recently that was that's pretty amazing 
like literally like eating an apple pie. Um, uh, I also used a lot of the uh, uh, Cliff Nut Bars, uh, the peanut butter and chocolate ones. Yeah. Um, Is it they like the, the, nut like the Cliff, like the yeah. cliff yeah. Bars? Yeah. That you break out and the nut break, butter ones. Yeah. And they've got like the nut butter in the middle. Yeah, nut butter yeah. in the middle. Uh, okay. Yeah. So okay. actually peanut butter in the middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are. Those are good. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of shorts are you, are you um, rocking? So I've been using uh, a brand called Path Projects. I don't remember where I found them, but uh, I really like them. They're like Sevens. Uh, but they have basically three pockets on them, two big side pockets and a big back pocket. Uh, they don't have liners. I don't like liners. So that was that was a nice. So there's room for putting like your little water cup and different things in it. Um, shirts, I'm all over the map. Yeah. Um, just whatever I find, different shirts. So Chief asked all the speed round questions in one. Oh, well, I said gear. Gear was my okay. question. What was your gear set? So I'll, I'll ask you the question. What's next for you, Brad? Great question. So... Um, so I had a lot of time to reflect on that because a lot of my friends that aren't ultra runners, they see me do this and they go, you, you had this life experience, this mountaintop, you know, what could possibly be more? And what's been really, uh, interesting to me as I've processed that question is, is that it wasn't a life goal mountaintop experience for me. It was amazing. Loved it. It is a mountaintop experience, but it wasn't this pinnacle thing for me. It was another step. It was just another thing. And yes, it's a bigger than the things I've done before, but it's it's more. It feels more like coming into community than it does. I've reached this pinnacle, and oh my God, what am I going to do with my life now? It's not that. It's not like I got to find that next thing that I got to go do. Uh, I in, in the in the answer to the question is I'm. Pretty, I'm like 99.5%. I'm going back to Leadville next year, and I'm going after 25. Um, so that's that's kind of my next, but it's not a next mountaintop thing. It's it's just it's just part of. Um, just the next step. It's just the next step in the journey. Yeah, it is. It's just the next step in the journey. Um, I think there's an argument that there never is really a mountaintop. Is yeah. There? <laughs> you, you always find the next. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on. I think it depends on how you you know we, we use mountain optics to describe this this finality, this one time thing that only happens once. But once you start running mountains, mountain tops keep coming, right? Right. You know, Courtney just did the Courtney Dewalter just did the Colorado uh, or the, the collegiate peaks, yeah. peaks, right? You know, so however many that is, I forget the number. How many? There, there's three collegiate peaks there: yeah. Missouri, Oxford, and yeah. uh, one more. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, the Missouri Mountain. I thought the collegiate loop was like Mount Harvard, Harvard. Mount Yale, Mount Princeton. Oh, you know what? Am I right? Or are you right? As, as you were. You're right. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're correct. Collegiate. That makes I sense. figured I was, but I did. I went softly in it, right? Like, I would be did. like, what are you talking which about? Was, which was abnormal. <laughs> it caught me questioning whether I was right because you were so soft about it. Yeah, but yeah. but my, the point being is that you do have highs, but they but there are more highs to be had. You know, yeah. it's... Right. You get to keep going. Yeah. Once you kind of fall in love with this, I think there's always another high, right? Right. Another mountaintop. So. Yeah, I think sometimes too the the process is more what it's all about. Like the the growth and the learning and stuff happens, and then you know the the race ends up being just a celebration of that process. Yeah. And so it's it's not like it's the finale for anything. It's just a hey, Absolutely. you know this is this is a step in the journey. Um, I got a question for you. So looking back at your Leadville and then also looking forward at trying to bust 25, what was the most uh, important thing to your training? What, what do you think 
helped you the most and what are you looking to improve the most to bring under 25 into the picture? Yeah, so uh, going in, um, so Scott had had me focus on 1,500 miles coming into Leadville uh, for the year and 150,000 feet of gain. Um, I basically hit both of those targets uh, coming in. I still think being a flatland runner who'd never had over 90,000 in a year, um, that probably wasn't enough for me. Like, I think I needed to have more time, even just treadmill, right? Like, I had a lot of on-course experience, but I think looking back, just more time of improving my pace of climbing uh, would have been helpful. Um, Another thing that I think I did really well is I started doing uh, some yoga. I wasn't perfect at it, but I would do some yoga. Uh, there's a yoga yoga with Adrian or something like that. Uh, the YouTube video stuff, and I would use that. Even if it's just 15 minutes, um, it kept me it kept me healthier uh, to keep from getting you know it would loosen me up to keep me from getting injured. And even if I was doing it a couple times a week, it was just enough to to keep me uh, healthier. And then I also started working with a, with a physical therapist preventatively. I got I searched out a physical therapist that was, you know, that, that I felt like uh, wasn't just there to, you know, back crack, you know, fix your car wreck kind of thing uh, that was fitness minded, you know, those sorts of things. And I, and I went into him like, I don't hurt. I want to work with you. I, I want to be able to come to you every time I got a little niggle or a little this or something's not quite right and be able to go something not quite right. What do I need to do? And so I did that all through this process and has been uh, really helpful uh, to uh, make some improvements, but also to, you know, every time something was kind of starting to go off track, get me back on track and do it quickly and and not find myself sidelined for weeks. Um, What's next or what what do I I take from that? Um, I think other than the hill climbing, I think I need to spend a little bit of time trimming and I want to focus on some speed. So I think my thoughts are getting into Oklahoma City and trying to maybe even PR into Oklahoma City uh, just simply to improve the speed, the turnover rate, and all those sorts of things going into Leadville. I think those are the kind of go-forward things. I think those all sound very doable, and uh, they seem along the same lines of people, no matter what their expected finish time is, just to get more fit, uh, a little lighter, a little stronger, a little faster. Like that's, that's why we're all going back to Leadville. Like it's like, it you is, could, it you is. You could the, sum it up. I just got to be better than I was. I just got to be better than I was. It is the life experience of, okay, I have found something that makes me improve in all aspects of my life. Because if I can't do that, I can't get it done in Leadville the way I want to get it done. Yeah. Well, Brad, I cannot thank you enough for coming on um, and sharing kind of your your background, your Leadville experience. Um, I know there's a ton of stuff in there that people can can learn from um, and get inspired by. I learned some stuff, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm inspired by it for sure. I really am. I'm so excited to hear that you'll be back in Leadville. So I know a lot of people are going to be back in Leadville next year. <laughs> so that's exciting, Chief. Sign us off, buddy. So we'll you can see you at the finish line next year. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. So you can find me at Savage Navy Chief, Jeff Porter 75, Iron Man Lawyer, and then Brad, what's your Instagram handle? You have, I thought you have me on Instagram. I don't know. 
He doesn't even know. He it. doesn't even know. He's so active. I haven't media. done 49 podcasts. If you got questions for Brad, send it to Brad's going okay, to have to ask his social media uh, manager what is I run is. so much, I don't even have time for it. It's at ultra underscore Brad underscore 67. There you go. You got to change that. Yeah, you gotta listen to the story of when we changed Chiefs Twitter account. Twitter account, okay, and then you can tell like it. Jared, right. one, two, four, five, so six, hit seven. hit us up three OK Runners at Gmail and at three OK Runners on social media. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next episode.